It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. Happy Sunday. I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. Uh, I wanted to talk today to moms who are in the postpartum period. And before you t- tune out, if you're not there, I often talk about maternal mental health on this show, but I think the term maternal mental health can apply to all moms, to any mother who is, um, you know, just dealing with the stress of life. I think some of these things can apply. So even though we will be talking, you know, specifically about moms who are in the postpartum period, I am not there right now, but I certainly think that uh, some of these principles can apply to just everyday life and slogging through motherhood during a pandemic. It's just, it's just been lovely. So joining me right now, Monica Ashton, she's the director of maternal mental health at the healing group. Monica, how are you holding up over there? You know what? I am surviving. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to do the best I can in this crazy time. Surviving. I think that is the word that best describes how everyone is feeling right now. And I often think about moms who are having babies right now and it stresses me out because I feel for them because I guess I just feel like the postpartum period without a global pandemic was so stressful and hard and life-changing and just it's just such a shift that uh, to add on the stress of the germs, <laughs> right? And the stress uh-huh. of not being able to to go anywhere, to get out, to con- to see people, to connect with people, to have people help you with your baby. It's just like hurting my heart for for mothers that may be in that, that period. Yeah. Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that postpartum period is so difficult anyway because of all these significant changes that happen, these huge adjustments. And then to add the loneliness, the isolation, the fear, the unknown. I mean, we're kind of in this huge limbo state right now. We we don't even know how this is going to end. Right. So you know, this is incredibly distressing in on its own. And then to add that other distress, this has been really difficult for so many individuals. And yes, absolutely, especially in postpartum moms, which speaking of that too, I just want to make a qualifier. That's anyone who, you know, perinatal is, you know, pregnant or postpartum for one to two years. Mm. So that's a bigger range than sometimes I think people think about. Yeah, absolutely. So I have an 18 month old, so technically I could still be in that time period and I will chalk everything up to that. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So I did see a study this week, ABC News actually, uh, Uh, sent it out and uh, there was a study of about 900 moms in Canada that determined that anxiety and depression was increasing among mothers and they actually came up with the figure they surveyed 900 new mothers and found that 40 percent of them had depressive symptoms compared to 15 percent before the pandemic like 40 percent that is just mind-blowing to me yeah, it is. And, and, and it, 
at the same time as distressing as that is, it makes sense. It makes sense because um, resources are limited. You know, somebody might have parents. One, one thing I've noticed with a lot of clients is before this pandemic, you might have had a great resource of support. You know, you might have had a parent that could come over and help, but that parent might be in the high risk category right now. And therefore you're on your own or you don't have some of the same support systems. So there's also the sense of loneliness and isolation anyway with motherhood. And then you add on to it of just people are, you know, at risk. You can't be as connected. You can't be around people in the same way. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Let's dive deep a little bit. Uh, talking with Monica Ashton, she's the director of maternal mental health at the Healing Group. You see clients uh, who are in this distressful period, right? Who maybe just had a baby and they're starting to feel depressed or anxious. And I experienced postpartum anxiety after the birth of my first child five years ago. Uh, I didn't have it with my second, but I did have some of the same symptoms, experiences, scary, intrusive thoughts, but I sort of knew what it was this time. So I don't think I spiraled into panic the way that I did the first time, not having any idea what it was. What are you hearing from your clients and what are you seeing um, that sort of is triggering new mothers the most right now? You know, that's a great question. What I'm seeing right now is the sense of isolation that feels very triggering not knowing what is and what isn't safe. You know, you, you'll hear one thing, you might hear the opposite, um, not knowing how connected somebody can be. And what other thing is really triggering is just some of the unknowns of this world and, and, and also getting that support. Um, so somebody might not have a sitter that they once could have come in, or they're trying to work from home while postpartum with a baby there because they can't do childcare. I have seen some of the craziest scenarios of someone literally having to work say, you need to work full time now, you know, your maternity leaves over, but they don't have the ability to have outside childcare. And so they're literally trying to juggle two things at once and feeling like they're failing in all areas. So isolation, um, increased anxiety with the unknown of COVID, um, not having the same support systems, um, just this overall fear collectively as a society is absolutely adding to the anxiety of what individuals are feeling. And then also there is some reality to it. Some that are pregnant are at potential high risk, or maybe somebody has a medical condition that puts them at higher risk um, postpartum. So there, what I'm seeing is a collective uptick in anxiety, depression, overwhelm, and feelings of hopelessness. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Talking with Monica Ashton, she's the director of maternal mental health at the Healing Group. Monica, we've sort of laid out what you're seeing. We need to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about what we can do. What we can do for uh, moms who are in the postpartum period, dealing with that isolation, dealing with the stress, dealing with the overwhelm. Um, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about some of the signs and symptoms that we're looking for. And this may have to be like, a spouse notices it because you're not seeing all the people that you would normally see who might like a girlfriend who might be like, Hey, you don't seem okay. Or are you, you can tell me your scary thoughts and stuff like that. So we'll take a break more with Monica when we come back on the mom show. You joined the mom show. 
Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. We're talking today about the increase in mothers who are experiencing anxiety and depression during the pandemic. A study out of Canada surveyed 900 new mothers and found that 40% of new moms had depressive symptoms compared to 15% before the pandemic. 40 percent. That just seems so high to me. Now I don't have any numbers for Utah on, you know, the increase in moms that may be experiencing either a postpartum mood disorder or just feeling depressive as opposed to uh, not feeling depressive. Uh, but this study also said that 72% of new mothers felt moderate to high anxiety a 43% increase from the number of new more, new mothers reporting anxiety before the pandemic. So, I mean, I think it's just safe to say that anxiety in new moms is on the rise. And when we talk about that definite, that the term new mothers, we're sort of talking about mothers in the postpartum period, but that period is defined differently by different people. Let me bring in my guest right now. Monica Ashton is the director of maternal mental health at the healing group. Monica, the term new mother, what does that even mean? That's a good question. You know, what we talk about and when we look at, you know, what people typically think of as postpartum is really we're including the whole perinatal spectrum. So that means from pregnancy to the medical world says one year after birth, the mental health world says two years after birth. And it's it's just this significant period of transition, hormone fluctuation and life shifting. So that's what we think of when we think of new mothers, but you're absolutely right. This can show up for anyone at any point um, in motherhood. So. And, yeah, and if you're not in the postpartum period, don't turn out because I think this applies to <laughs> just about every mother who's uh, maybe dealing with, you know, having their kids home more, right? Just more stress, yeah. more uprooting of routines, more, you know, kids not back in school, not sure what school's going to look like in the fall, all of those unknowns. Um, I sometimes wish, Monica, that we could just like give more grace to the time period after having a baby it's like we just have babies and that's what we do and then it's like back to normal no problem and and I fall victim to it where I see you know women on social media and falsely just probably assume that they're doing fine and they're just back to normal post baby and loving it and having a great time and I don't know after both of my babies it's like it is a long slog through those newborn months <laughs> and yeah. and I don't really bounce back very quickly and I just wish we could give more credit to how monumental having a baby is I wish the same thing I, I wish we could as a society set a new standard and norm for really how how vulnerable women are during that time and and just how difficult it is to make this significant transition and so many challenges arise. And I love that you're pointing out the fact that you may see someone and think they're doing well because they present, you know, either on social media or maybe even in person, like they're, they're doing well, they've got it together. But what I really see is a whole lot of individuals that are struggling and that there's, it's, it's okay to be struggling. It doesn't mean anything about you or your parenting. 
you you can be struggling and still be a wonderful mom. Yes. And normalizing that. Yes, absolutely. So Monica is the director of maternal mental health at the Healing Group, and she sees a lot of mothers in this very time period. Um, Monica, I know what I experienced when I had postpartum anxiety, and this was not during a global pandemic, <laughs> yeah. but I can remember just being obsessed with germs. I can mm-hmm. remember like, you know, a binky falls on the floor and you're staring at it incessantly to see if you can see any hairs on it. And like, that's kind of a minor example, but those obsessions and compulsions kind of take over your life in a way. And I couldn't see this at the time, but in my mind now, that made me a good mother because ultimately what I was trying to do was keep my children safe, right? But it kind of came at a cost of my own sanity and mental health because it was sort of those compulsions, those obsessions were taking over my life. So that's where I sort of landed uh, with anxiety in the postpartum period. What do you see mothers experiencing with anxiety? That's a great question. Some definite significant symptoms that somebody can kind of look out for is if someone really doesn't feel like themselves, if they have excessive crying, if they have feelings of hopelessness, if they feel really scared and overwhelmed, difficulty sleeping, bouts of anger, irritability, feeling like you just can't take on one more thing overwhelmed they might have intrusive thoughts intrusive thoughts of scary things happening to them or their baby or some of these things these things are common signs and symptoms and if you're experiencing them it's really helpful to go and get a screening from um, your provider from the therapist just so that you can identify how you're doing um there's there's so many you know postpartum there's a huge spectrum of disorders and a lot of times people think of postpartum depression and I can't even tell you how many people will be in my office right now virtually and they'll say something along the lines of yeah but I'm not staying in bed all day like I can get out of bed and take care of my baby and I tell people that's actually not one of the more common symptoms heightened anxiety distress overwhelm you know it most often postpartum depression itself isn't what we call an anxious depression very overwhelmed but people can be having panic attacks or, you know, there's so many different symptoms that it's just, you know, if you feel like that might be you, reach out. It's better to find out that you're, that you don't need additional support than to suffer in silence for a long time, finding out that you could be doing a few things to improve your overall wellness. Yeah, and I wonder what it looks like in the midst of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't have a baby in the midst of COVID, but like, I wonder if I, you know, I think maybe the way it could show up now is just obsessing about not leaving the house, right? Or obsessing when you do leave the house and obsessing about germs and just to the point, and people always ask that, like, how do I know if this is just normal anxiety? Because we're all sort of feeling that right now. And how do I know if this is something to worry about? And the answer you as mental health professionals always give is, is it is it interfering with your life, right? Is it mm-hmm. impacting you to where you're not functioning or is it impacting you to where it's just so annoying you want to get rid of it? Or it's, it for me, it showed up a lot in a lot of rage, 
right? And mm-hmm. a lot of anger where I was just mad that this was happening to me and I'd snap at my children and I remember wanting to punch a lady at the dog park. <laughs> like the, yeah. these bouts of rage that would show up that I didn't feel like were me, right? I felt like, whoa, this is something's going on here. Absolutely. And and you and that's a very valid point that there is this overall collective anxiety. But you're right. Is this impacting relationships? Is this impacting my functioning? Like, am I sleeping well? If I'm not, it's impacting your functioning. Am I um, able to connect and feel connected when I do Skype with someone or have, you know, a Marco Polo visit or, sit, you know, visit with someone on my lawn 10 feet away? Like, can I do some of these things? Am I getting out? Am I getting sunshine? Am I getting movement? If the answer is no, that I'm just not functioning well, it could be a perinatal mood or anxiety disorder. And the reason why I always say you're not quite yourself is because that will often be what I hear from a partner. You know, they're just not themselves and they just can't put their finger on it. And then when we do more um, assessment, we realize really what's happening and, and that somebody was either minimizing their symptoms or ignoring their symptoms or like right now might just be like oh well everybody's feeling this anxious over COVID there is a collective anxiety but it shouldn't be impacting functioning yeah I can I can see what you're saying there Monica Ashton the director of maternal mental health at the healing group we'll take a break more with Monica when we come back it's the toughest most important job in the world for kids If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning, and then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're all doing well out there, Uh, but it's still a crazy time out there, and a lot of us are dealing with anxiety and the unknowns of living through a global pandemic. And if you've just had a baby or you're even one to two years removed from having a baby, you're still technically clinically considered in the postpartum period. And a new study out of Canada surveyed 900 new mothers, finding 40% of them had depressive symptoms compared to 15% before the pandemic. So I just sort of take that as like, Duh, like no, like evidence that, uh, you know, more women are experiencing anxiety and depression uh, in the and and this is talking specifically about the postpartum um, period. But I think it could expand out to, you know, mothers in general, mothers who are who are, you know, home with kids more. Right. I, I, I certainly have felt my own stresses and my own anxiousness and my own depression, depression at times. And so. Um, if you're not in the postpartum period, this can still apply to you, I think. Uh, so joining me now, Monica Ashton. She's the director of maternal mental health at the Healing Group. Monica, you just presented at a big conference, right? Talking about postpartum mood disorders. Yeah, just at the Postpartum Support International Conference, um, which is going on right now. Um, really bringing awareness worldwide to perinatal mood and anxiety disorders because we need to be aware of this. This is a significant issue that's 
um, really hard for a lot of individuals going through the postpartum period. Yeah, and I can imagine if that study out of Canada, uh, you know, shows us that it's certainly translating here in the United States, here in Utah, right? I Absolutely. Can, I can imagine those numbers are are translating here. Um, Monica, I have talked about maternal mental health a lot on this show. I will continue to keep talking about it for this very reason, because me going through it five years ago, not knowing what was happening to me made it extra scary and extra worse because I just didn't know that it was common and I didn't know it was a thing. Um, And so the crux of my symptoms were those scary, intrusive thoughts of harm coming to my baby, sometimes at my own hand, and you kind of picture them. And I don't like to describe them as visions because that makes you feel like kind of crazy, which you're not crazy, but they're intrusive thoughts and they bombard you out of nowhere and they feel very inconsistent with who you know yourself to be. That's kind of the, the best way I've heard them described. And so uh, as I've talked about this often on this show, I've had people reach out to me, you know, and wanting to get support. And uh, a woman keeps messaging me um, from Australia, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. who is um, pregnant right now. I think her second child. And she's having intrusive thoughts during pregnancy. And she's really, really scared about giving birth and not having the energy to cope with them because she's already drained at this point in her pregnancy. And she's still like a month away from giving birth. And I've tried to just, you know, give her all the knowledge that I have to support her. But, um, you know, yesterday she sort of confided in me some of her intrusive thoughts and they're very heavy and they can be very scary. And I know from having my own experience with them that that what I didn't need was someone telling me I was crazy. Right. But now being on the other end of it, I, I even with all the knowledge I have, I don't know what to do for her. I don't know how to help her. And it feels a little big for me. And I don't, I don't know how to best support her, even though I know that someone just telling me, you're fine, that's normal, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's how I should respond to her. So how do you recommend people help those that they know might be suffering? Um, what do they do? Yeah, that's a great question. Number one is to listen and, and not try to shut someone down if they're trying to share. And, and, and recognize that it, you know, especially if you're not a clinician trained to assess that it can feel really overwhelming and scary, but that is okay. Just to even listen to someone, acknowledge you, this sounds really overwhelming, very scary and support them with that. And then transition them to a, a support, a, an actual, whether it's a clinician or, so one huge resource is Postpartum Support International that literally is international. They have providers in, I think, just about every location, every country. And so if you just even hop online with someone at postpartum.net and connect, they have groups that are online. They have talk with a professional, talk with an expert. They have resources for psychiatrists. And they have it all. There's so many resources. They have peer support trained um, peer support in various areas to actually do some of this phone support with people and to help screen and connect them with a licensed clinician. So that's where I think as a support person to just hear, validate, not try to run away from it, 
but then to then direct them to the resources that they might need for additional support is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, because one of the things with intrusive thoughts is, you know, you they often deal with very heavy topics of harm, right? Of suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, you know, just a lay person, and like you said, a not trained clinical professional um, can take that to mean that this person is going to act on them. This person is going to do something to themselves or their baby. And, and how do you know, because I've been through it and I know that those thoughts are just intrusive and they don't mean you'll act on them. How do you know the difference of when someone could and what the, the emergency level is there? And that's a good question that one of the first things is normalizing the I believe the latest study came out and said 80 to 85% of new parents have some intrusive thought at some point. Now, most individuals will be like, whoa, that was a crazy thought, and then just kind of brush it to the side. Some will continuously have very dynamic intrusive thoughts that feel overwhelming, and some will latch onto an intrusive thought and take meaning onto that and then become anxious about that piece. And so one of the key components is are these thoughts what we call egodystonic, meaning that they aren't in alignment with how we really think and feel, that they feel like they're coming out of nowhere, that they don't make quite you know, a sense of why would I be thinking this? Why would this pop into my head? But one of the difficult things too is we wanna make sure that um, somebody gets assessed well, because if you aren't a trained clinician in this, you could miss some important information of maybe this person really does have some sort of suicidal ideation, or perhaps this could be a postpartum psychosis that maybe is just um, showing up in a a non-dynamic way. And so one of the things I just tell people is just get people to support if they're having intrusive thoughts, but normalize the fact that this happens because really, unless you're a trained clinician, You really can't tell, and it takes a lot of time and energy. I'll spend a whole session with somebody just making sure that my estimation and assessment is accurate Mm -hmm. because some, there are some gray, gray lines there where you just want to make sure someone has that. But if you hear someone having it very ego dystonic where these thoughts horrify them, they really don't want to do these things. That's a, that's a positive sign that it's, it's most likely an intrusive thought. Well, yeah. And what, what is so counterintuitive about intrusive thoughts is they cause piercing anxiety, but that anxiety is actually a good sign because it means, you know, the difference between right and wrong, right and wrong. Mm -hmm. You know that these thoughts aren't what you would actually ever do. And so yes, you're having them, but you're also, they're also causing that much distress that you, that that's actually a good sign. Yeah. There's a great book written just specific about scary thoughts written by Karen Kleinman called Dropping the Baby and Other Scary Thoughts. If somebody wants to kind of dive into the literature, know a little bit more, but um, that's where I just encourage people to know the information and then get someone to support because you just want to make sure that it's assessed well. And then it always feels really comforting when an expert has assessed it and you can rely on on that piece of information. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Monica Ashton. She's the director of maternal mental health at the healing group. Monica, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Uh, when it comes to postpartum mood and anxiety disorders, uh, I want, if we can in the last like two minutes to just touch on some of the 
cultural, societal expectations that you think play into women suffering postpartum, like the need for perfectionism, right? Or I had Mm -hmm. this belief that everyone just loved being a mom. And I was so broken because it was so hard for me. And I really didn't enjoy it at times. And I still have a hard time saying that out loud. But what are some of those things that you see clients, like a common thread clients struggling with? I think those are very valid. There's also this piece of ambivalence, meaning it's really normal for most moms to feel like at times they want to be near their baby and at times they don't want to at all. And society, again, gives this picture of like, oh, well, here's what a good mom looks like, or here's what the mom fantasy is. And I think almost every single one of those is inaccurate of what society tells us about motherhood is usually not at all the reality. And so it's helping clients to realign those messages. So yes, perfectionism, that here's what a good mom looks like, that um, it it should be easy or it's relaxing. Or even natural. Yeah. Or you'll just know what to do. Yeah. Your Uh, mother's intuition will kick in. Well, how do I know if it's mother's intuition or anxiety? Because I have a lot of both. (laughs) Yeah. I hear the myth of women are more nurturing. That's not always true. Right? (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of bad information that people are given about mothers, and it has a significant impact on how somebody perceives their mothering transition. It's super harmful. Yeah. So important to talk about all of these dynamics with when it comes to mothering. Yeah, we could do an entire show just on those sort of we beliefs, could. but we'll take a break yeah. now. We'll be back on The Mom Show. Back inside The Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome on into the Mom Show. Thank you for joining us. If you're just joining us, I invite you to go podcast wherever you podcast. Just search for the KSL Mom Show and listen back to my chat with Monica Ashton about uh, all the uh, things that women can experience postpartum, especially during a global pandemic. So that's kind of the theme we're talking about today. Um, I have on the phone with me now, Megan Johnson. She actually is a co-founder of a group here in Utah called the Emily effect that works to provide resources to moms who are dealing with postpartum mood and anxiety disorders. Megan, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, now tell everyone who hasn't heard of the Emily Effect about the organization that was founded after your sister. Yeah, so Emily Cook Dykes is my sister. She passed away in February of 2016 um, due to complications from the postpartum anxiety that she experienced after having her fifth child. And so after Emily passed away, um, we just felt very strongly as a family that we needed to share her story and to shed light on this important topic because we knew that there are many moms out there who are also suffering. So we decided to start a foundation in her name called the Emily Effect um, because we wanted to affect change and because we knew that Emily's story would affect many moms. And so um, since then we've been sharing her story. We've been out there on social media, um, working with medical providers in our state, doing all kinds of things to continue the conversation about maternal mental health and in the stigma surrounding it. And one of our biggest goals has been to improve resources um, in our state for moms. And I'm happy to say that that's been happening and we still have work to do, but we've seen a lot of progress. Yeah, and not only have you guys been working just on a grassroots level, but with the state legislature as well, getting them to declare uh, postpartum and anxiety disorders, um, you know, part of, uh, like there's there's state response to it, right? So it's not just, um, it's not just you, you know, 
putting pamphlets in doctor's offices, which is also great, but yeah. we're working on that level as well. Correct. Yeah, it's been awesome to see. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about some of the resources that you have right now for moms who may be dealing with a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder. Yeah, one of the things I always love to highlight that we started um, right off the bat when we decided to create this foundation and especially to create a website that we wanted moms to be able to turn to for help is um, we have what are called letters of light on our website. This is where um, we've had various moms write in and share their stories of experience postpartum and other challenges after having a baby. And and the name, you know, correctly identifies what you experience when you read these letters as you, you read about the heart, but you also read about the light and the hope that they experience. So that's one of my favorite things um, to share about is that at any time a mom can get on our website and read or watch. We actually have some videos of moms and their stories as well, where they can connect and realize that they're not alone um, and, and find hope in other women's stories. Yeah, that's amazing. And you guys are working on some journals right now, I understand, yeah? Yeah, so that's one thing that we're really excited about. We have been lucky. I have a good friend, Kim Christensen, who is one of the uh, owners of Promptly Journals, and we have been talking for a while about creating a journal for moms to help them through this postpartum period, something that would help any mom, no matter where she's at on the spectrum with her mental health. Um, because we're all going to experience something when we have a baby, whether it's baby blues or whether we experience a perinatal mood or anxiety disorder. And so um, Kim's a good friend of mine, and we were able to create this journal through Promptly, and we're so excited that they came on board, and we've been able to create this beautiful journal that does just that, that um, has, you know, prompts to help mom um, up through the first year of that postpartum period. It has um, affirmations and it has um, tips from myself. Um, I'm actually a certified therapist as well. Um, and Lindsay Proctor and I, who is the owner and a therapist at Serenity Recovery and Wellness, um, together we work with Promptly to create prompts that were therapeutic for moms and also to provide therapy tips throughout this journal that would help moms with many of the things that they experience, such as anxiety or anger, um, figuring out how to adjust socially and how to adjust in their relationships. And so this journal was created very carefully to kind of complete the whole package to where it could help any mom wherever she falls out on the spectrum with her mental health. Well, and what a great resource because Monica and I were talking last segment about how sometimes as a, you know, as a, a person who loves someone with a mood disorder, you don't know how to respond to them, especially if they're telling mm -hmm. you really scary and intrusive thoughts. And mm -hmm. so to even share this journal with a loved one and, and have these prompts in there that kind of ask the questions for you, what a great resource. Yeah, that was my goal in that, that this could be a gift that even just giving this journal to a mom itself says something about you know, she's going to experience some of these things and that when she reads these prompts and questions that it, it normalizes and validates the experience that she's having and it's a great reference to go back to and have a conversation with and I think so many moms when they have a baby their focus is so much on taking care of this new little person that they've brought into the world that they often naturally neglect to turn inward and, and take care of themselves and so I love that this concept of being able to give a mom a gift that reminds her of the importance of taking care of herself and giving her permission to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. Megan Johnson is with the Emily Effect. They're a nonprofit here in Utah working with moms who experience postpartum mood and anxiety disorders. Meg, where can people find the Emily Effect and these journals? Is it all at your website? So yeah, I mean, Emily Effect, just find us at the emilyeffect.org. We're also on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook. And then the journals you can get through Promptly, which is promptlyjournals.com. Um, and, you know, if you check us out both on social media right now, we've got a lot of great things going on during 
the launch, um, you know, we've got some great events. We're starting a campaign. We're asking moms to share their stories so that we can continue this conversation with the hashtag we are postpartum strong. Oh, I love that hashtag. We are postpartum strong. Okay. You have about 30 seconds. If I can ask you a really broad question <laughs> to sure. answer in 30 seconds, what is the one thing that you want postpartum women to know, especially going through it during a pandemic? Um, I think when you're going through it at that time, it feels like it's going to last forever and it will always be this way. And I want every mom out there to know that this is something that you're experiencing for a period of time or may experience at different periods of time, but there is hope and healing through. And that starts by having a conversation and acknowledging it and reaching out and asking for help. And so I want moms to know that they're, the pain and whatever they're experiencing right now is valid, um, but that it also doesn't last forever. I think that we get tricked into that. and so. You know, I've experienced it as a mom myself, and I can tell you that there is hope and healing through through talking about it and for reach and through reaching out for help. Absolutely, and they can go to the Emily Effect and get that support that they need. Megan Johnson, thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate it. You guys are doing amazing work. Thanks so much, Lindsay. I appreciate it. And we'll be back next week on the Mom Show. <laughs> 